Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everyone, and welcome back to a far... I was going to say far less chaotic. I feel like the shit show recordings are always chaotic, but a far more streamlined recording so far of the shit show. It's polar opposites to last week. I've got Lucy in crystal clear HD. I'm sitting here in an an air-conditioned motel room, hotel room. It's comfortable. Any room is better than last week. I've no. <laughs> it's better than crammed into a it caravan. Was so funny, and everyone. So I know that you've all heard last week's episode, and it was just a shambles. But the editing that Ruby did and the speaking that Squish did made it so funny. Like we got the news stories out, we got some comedy in there. Ruby put in some funny sound effects. Like it's actually such an excellent episode. So, I mean, if you haven't listened, you should go and listen for some context on what we're actually talking about. But Squish, how have your travels been? How's it all going, Dar? It's going pretty good. Uh, last time you left me, I was sitting outside Yosemite National Park. Um, we spent four days in Yosemite, which was awesome. If you ever get the chance mm-hmm. to go, it's probably one of my favorite places on Earth. Um, and then yesterday, we drove down Highway 1 from Monterey to Morrow Beach, but it's it's so hot here. Oh my god, it is so hot. I know back in New Zealand you've had like snow, and I'm looking at you sitting there in a knitted sweater. I've got a red ass face and a t shirt. So polar opposites. Yeah, polar opposites. And Nick, um, I'm gonna make you tell the story on Mike because it's so cute. Yesterday, as Nick was leaving, um, I know it's funny because you guys can't see what we look like. So maybe this is gonna be another piece of the puzzle. But Nick, what happened yesterday? Uh, <laughs> Really, I was. I just, I just told Lucy this immediately before because I could see my little picture in the corner. Um, we were leaving <laughs> our campground, and the camp host says to me, "Can I just tell you something?" And I was like, "Oh my god, what have we done wrong?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And she's like, "You've got the most beautiful hair," and I was like, "Oh, oh that's so cute." <laughs> I haven't washed it in three days. <laughs> but- I love. Well, it's looking nice and curly for anyone that wants a bit of an image. Um, all of us kids have, like, slightly curly hair. Our mum has real curly hair. And as we get older, Nick, it gets curlier, eh? Yeah, as we get older and as our hair gets longer, like, if I cut it, it's pretty short. But if yeah. I grow it out a little bit, it gets all curly. I kind of I kind of like it. I, I think it looks great right now, like, in the little picture, in the crystal clear HD picture that I can give you. <laughs> also, it's just so nice for me and Nick. Last week, the past two weeks, I feel like, one, I've been really rushed, and two... We haven't had FaceTime. We've been having to do it through phone calls, this um, podcast, which I know you wouldn't even notice because we sound so natural. <laughs> no, radio. So nice to be to be back 
almost face to face, eh, Squish? Exactly, yeah. You just can't beat a bit of FaceTime. No, you just can't. Now, shall we get into your weirdest thing that you saw on the internet this week? My weirdest thing is the Weird Dali Generations Twitter account. Um, so, Dali is an AI image generator, and you talked about this in the newsletter this morning, which would be a couple of days ago when you listen to this. Um, it's basically, you can input really anything you like, and it will spit out a picture, or it will spit out nine pictures that correspond to what you asked it to make. Yeah. Some of the inputs are hilarious, and the pictures that come out, have, some of them have literally made me laugh out loud, which is, you know, a pr- pretty good. Um, so I fully recommend you check it out. I'll post a couple of my favorites on the Shit Show account, and maybe I'll get loose to pick a few as well. Yeah, I really think you should post um, some on the Shit Show account so that people can see what we're talking about. So essentially the way it works is that this AI has been trained with thousands and thousands of pictures from the web and from the world, and then you type in whatever you want. So, like, I can see Nick's written down here, Karl Marx slimed at the Kids' Choice Awards. That's my favourite. And this AI generator will spit out the exact image that you... Like, exact nine iterations of what you've typed in. Now, just to preface... Liv and I are going to be doing a whole episode on Culture Vulture about Dali because this is actually disastrous for illustrators and creatives and designers who I think are already quite undervalued in the world. And the fact that you can type something in and then get like a Warhol impression of it or a um, Monet impression is just like then anyone is going to be able to go on and make these images and people that have studied or learnt this their whole lives are just going to be put maybe out of work I know they're not actually making this like open to the public at this stage it's just a research thing but when we're thinking about these sort of cool and quirky new AI things it is important to think about the people on the other end especially the creatives who like like, this is actually fucking catastrophic for them um, if it came, you know. Uh, but anyway, that is going to be a very earnest chat on Culture Vulture. Have you gotten to play around with it at all, Lucy? With Dali? Or- not not Dali, because I know they're, like, opening it quite slowly um, to, like, a few thousand people at a time, are they? Have you? I've played with something similar, a program called Mid Journey. And, man, it is yeah. it is incredible what you can make. Like, the, the more specific your, like input is the the better the image comes out um and honestly it's it is mind-blowing but yeah like it's going to have some pretty interesting impacts for people who like rely on being artistic and things like that to to make their living oh yeah it's actually like makes me fucking angry to be fair like i i mean i will do some actually well-rounded research into the benefits but i i mean i think my heart is way more with the creatives that could be like out of a job of any Joe blogs like me or you could um, take a graphic designer's job by typing in three sentences. Anyway, shall I talk about my weirdest thing? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Okay. How to murder your husband writer sentenced for murdering husband. Now, Nick, <laughs> I can assume that this was just an incredibly difficult um, investigation. I, there was no, I mean, I bet there was no evidence. <laughs> Um, no, this, I, probably, I probably shouldn't be laughing, but just like... I mean, you wouldn't on. read about it, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't fucking read about it. You wouldn't fucking write about it. So a woman who penned an essay titled How to Murder Your Husband has been sentenced to life in prison for murdering her hus- husband. 
So um, her name is Nancy Crampton Brophy, and she's a romance author who a few years back wrote an essay titled How to Murder Your Husband, and then um, actually it's been found in a court of law that she in fact shot her husband of 26 years in 2018 um, for a life insurance payout. So only only 1.5 million as well. Like I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, but only 1.5 mil, which for like life in prison and the price of someone's life is just like not. I don't know. Anyway, um, obviously this case attracted quite a bit of attention because of the essay she'd penned. One of the, I mean, the essay's been taken down, but one of the lines in it was, the thing I know about murder is that every one of us have have it in him or her when pushed far enough. Kind of creepy. I haven't actually read the whole essay. Um, Like I said, it's been deleted. But an interesting thing is the judge um, ruled against actually admitting this essay as evidence in the trial. Um, because it was penned as part of a writing seminar, which is kind of along the same lines of, you know, how we're trying to stop um, rappers' lyrics being used against them in a court of law because it's like fiction is fiction. Um, But they had enough evidence to successfully argue that, yeah, she actually did have the motive and the means to kill her husband. So kind of creepy. I wonder if she followed her own instructions. Well, I know. And the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually see a Netflix doco or some true crime bullshit about this. There probably already is one in the making. I just haven't looked into it. Um, But I want to start off the news stories today because this is a huge news story. And it should Breaking. It's breaking. It should be on Culture Vulture. But I just think by the time Culture Vulture comes around, we're all going to know about it. So look, we've got a little bit of culture creeping its way into the shit show. And I think that's fine. That's okay. I'm okay with it. Same. So, okay, as Taylor Swift's song Exile goes, I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. I thought you were going to sing it, Liz. No, we don't sing on the pod anymore. I think... (laughs) No. So, BTS is saying bye-bye. BTS has announced... That they're going on, well, I want to say going on hiatus, but a whole lot of the BTS army came at me for saying they were going on hiatus. So they're going through a, they have, they're taking a break, Nick. Now, do you know who also, what, do you know what other boy band took a break, went on an extended break? They're still on an extended break, Lucy. They're going to get back together. They're going to get back together. One die fucking rection. Um, so, but back to BTS, because I don't need to read my past <laughs> trauma. The group did, so BTS told fans during a televised dinner that they'd decided to take an extended break and pursue solo product projects. Band member Jimin said that the group had been going through a rough patch and that they're trying to find their identity, and that's an exhausting and long process. During this conversation, RM, who is like the leader, um, said that... He always thought that BTS was different from other groups, but the problem with K-pop and the whole idol system is that they don't give you time to mature. So they're just going to go do their own thing, extended break vibes. A rep for the group told Billboard that BTS are not on hiatus, but will take time to explore some solo projects and remain active in various formats, which I think is just like trying to soften the blow so that the stands don't go elsewhere, obviously. It's giving us a bit of false hope, right? They're gone. They're broken up. They're gone forever. 
Gone forever. <laughs> Burn your BTS posters. Oh my god, no, Nick. <laughs> BTS is actually so cute, and the army are actually legends. I just, I feel bad for them because, like, your girl knows the feeling of your whole life falling to pieces. That's not a song of theirs. I just said we don't sing on the podcast, and they. I- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN did it nick bts is gone also all our money is gone tell us about your first story that was your own joke that i refed back to you and i'm obsessed no you can have it loose it was a good one um yeah so you may have seen a few things floating around talking about a beer market recently and it's easy to palm it off as like a finance bro thing but in the end it all comes like back around to us okay i haven't seen anything i'm in the news i haven't seen anything about a beer market and just for the record it's spelt b-e-a-r because there are multiple ways that especially in new zealand we say beer like for the drink for a beer bottom and for beer like like hank the tank yeah beer like this is like like yeah exactly like angry Angry beers that are going to come into my tent, <laughs> sort of beers. I've been worrying a lot about beers recently, being in the mountains. So, beers are on my mind. So, you haven't seen anything about it? Nah. But then, Nick, you know me plus finance equals I need to get you on the shit show to explain it to me or I just won't look into it. So, some of you may have seen the beer market floating around then, I better say. <laughs> so, I thought I'd <laughs> give you a quick rundown about what it all sort of means. Um, so, for context, the S&P 500 on Monday dropped into its second bear market of the pandemic, sort of after flirting with the idea of it for the past couple of weeks. It looked like it was going to be a bear market, and then it wasn't. The first bear market of the pandemic was right at the start, like early 2020, when it was all starting to kick off. Okay. Um, what is a bear market? Yeah, I was going to say, natural question floating around the minds of the whole world who are listening to this right now, because they are. What All five of you. is a beer market? <laughs> it's when stock prices decline at least like 20% from a recent peak. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So, good. like, that's actually a really good explode. Thank you. So, beer markets are relatively rare, and quite often they kick off a recession, which is essentially a fancy way of saying the total size of the economy is getting smaller rather than bigger, which... Isn't really that good of a thing, but I don't know, kind of natural. This um, sell-off, which dragged the S&P down from its January 3rd peak, which is now the, the starting point of the beer market, um, comes as concerns mount over high inflation, you know, the war in Ukraine, COVID, um, and the Federal Reserve's attempt to rein in the economy. And so, obviously, this is all to do with a recent drop from a recent peak. But why is it called a beer market? Because beers are really scary, and so is... Is that genuinely it? No, it's not, but it kind of is. Um, According to Investopedia, the beer market phenomenon is thought to get its name from the way in which a beer attacks its prey, swiping its paws downward. Um, Oh! Yeah, so I didn't know this either until I was doing some research earlier. I always kind of wondered why it was beer and bull market. It says on Investopedia, the bull market may be named after the way in which the bull attacks by thrusting its horns up into the air, and... Bull market is when the markets are going up. So, yeah. Hmm. 
kind of sounds like they just wanted to call it bull and bear and then after the fact they had to go and try and find yeah yeah exactly yeah they I tried kind of like your i like your um it's just really scary and so are bears yeah well they are scary i was camped in a bear yeah. highway apparently according to the uh the camp um God. the camp host the other day which isn't ideal and they're like the bears come through here and they come no, through no. here and they come through here and my tent was right in the middle of it so i i moved it anyway the most inf- the most famous bear market was during the great depression um a long time ago stocks fell 84 percent between uh, 1929 and 1932 and they didn't recover until january of 1945 like well into the war when there was like america's most economic sort of boom time um the dot-com bubble bursting was another example of a bear market um a period of recession only lasted eight months after that but the most famous bear market in our lifetimes at least was the 2008 financial crisis um and that bear market led to the deepest u.s recession since the end of world war ii and then came that big bailout billions and billions of dollars almost trillions i think um that helped lead to a bull market that lasted for over a decade shit i'm kind of scared for this only because like recently i've been learning how to invest and stuff last year i did quite a bit of investing and now i'm like holy fuck have i done this at the wrong time like yeah so if you're young like you know we are relatively um then hopefully this is just a little blip in our financial highway um and even it can be seen as an opportunity to invest for the long term so history shows that the u.s stock market has always recovered from declines um if you put money in stocks over 10 years you would have only been down six percent of the time if you put money into stocks over over 20 years you're up 100 percent of the time so not financial advice by the way everyone but just just answering that Oh, yeah, of of course. If you're, like, near retirement age and relying on an investment account for your retirement, then it may seem a little bit more concerning um, because you'll be seeing those accounts start to shrink, which isn't ideal. Um, True. So I haven't even touched on the crypto markets here, which, you know, have been receiving a battering as well. Um, There's a pretty interesting and wild time in finance at the moment. Do you like learning about finance i do i do yeah i do yeah that's really good because i like learning about it from you which i guess is what you should care about is for a lot of people like they like hearing the news from me but they wouldn't go to like bbc or whatever to read it from i don't like reading about the finance market at all but i like to hear it from you so i think that was such a good rundown of what's happening and also it does make things more understandable rather than you saying coming to the shit show with a story like, yeah, there's been an over a 20, there's been over a 20% decrease since the last peak. Being able to say bear market and giving it a little name makes shit so much easier to understand. Yes, I am good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am good. And we're going to come back to you with our next few stories after we hear from our wonderful sponsors this week, who are also good. So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Siska supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio which costs money to hire with an audio engineer who we've got to pay and every week we're researching, scripting and hosting this thing for you all which takes time, resources and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here, space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, 
consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so much. Bye. Okay, Nick, my next story is sort of a follow-up from one of your stories. Uh, McDonald's is coming back to Russia, but not as McDonald's, just as something incredibly similar. So we all heard from Nick a few weeks ago that McDonald's pulled out of Russia. They shut up their 800-plus shops. Um, This was quite symbolic. As we know, McDonald's is a super westernized thing, and McDonald's entering Russia was sort of a cultural invasion, maybe we could say, or like a cultural shift up. Yeah. Yeah, at least yeah, yeah. at least a shift. Sort of the yeah. turning point. So now it appears we're turning back because um, after McDonald's pulled out of Russia in protest, obviously, of the, its invasion of Ukraine, it sold its all its restaurants, which, like I said, over 800, to a Russian businessman, Alexander Gavor. So it's now a Russian-owned, like, revamped version of McDonald's. It's been rebranded um, to a name that translates as Tasty, and that's it. And the logo looks incredibly <laughs> similar. Um, it's sort of meant to be a burger and french fries. It's sort of meant to be an M. It's sort of random. Um, so, and, and Nick, uh, this again, like I said, is quite symbolic because they timed the reopening of this new McDonald's, or Tasty, to coincide with Russia Day, which is just like, it's all to mark that McDonald's' huge Western influence is out And now um, something very similar to McDonald's is in, but it's all owned by Russia. Um, The goal of this new Maccas is that the guests do not notice a difference either in quality or ambience. Um, The slogan for the place is, the name changes, love stays. And one male protester disrupted the big opening event by saying, bring back Big Mac. Do we know what the new Russian Big Mac is called? I guess we don't. No, we don't. But what we do know is that, like, the company says that all the burgers' compositions haven't changed and all the same McDonald's equipment remains. So, I, it's like, are you allowed to do that? Is there IP? Like, it's like stealing the Krabby Patty secret formula. It's like the chum bucket becoming the Krusty Krab and just rebranding. Yeah, I mean, it was always going to happen, though. They, McDonald's did say that they were looking to sell yeah. off their restaurants. Um, I'm just looking at an article yeah. now trying to find a menu, <laughs> trying to find what the name of the... Um, oh, it's oh. called... The, instead of the Big Mac, there is the Grandi. And instead of McFlurries, there is simply a milkshake. So, hmm. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, Nick, um, that is my McDonald's or Tasty and that's it update. It literally looks exactly... The, it, it literally looks... Sorry. <laughs> everything looks exactly the same. I'm on the, I'm on the Russian website. And they're just, they've just used the same photos. Oh, my voice cracked. Anna, Nick, speaking of McDonald's and the composition of the burgers and all the wonderful things that go into making a burger, I think you've got a bit of a story about sauce for us, eh? Yes. Um, climate change is wreaking havoc in French supermarkets um, with the condiment the country is built on, mustard, uh, being in critically low supply. Okay. I did not know that France was built on mustard. I thought it was built on oh. land. No, 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 no. I I thought that was like a German thing or a Dutch thing. When I went to France, I stayed with one of my friends there and like one of the delicacies that they served me was like a sausage wrapped in a crepe with 
a whole bunch of Dijon mustard on it. It's like... Yum! They, it was delicious. Saucisson, I think is what Incredibly they called it. Incredibly strong. It wasn't too. It was just like the Dijon mustard we have at home. So, I don't know. It was pretty good. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. The reason appears to be like a perfect storm of events in the world's three largest mustard-producing countries, which are Canada, Russia, and France. Um, I didn't know that... I never thought about mustard-producing countries before. Um, so Canada is the world's largest mustard <laughs> producer, which provides 80% of the seeds that France imports. And they were hit by an extreme heat dome in July of last year that halved the harvest. And obviously we know why Russia isn't exporting at the moment. Um, and the ban of the use of pesticides on French seeds has seen the French crops decrease in recent years. So all of this has led to restrictions being imposed on the purchase of mustard in French supermarkets to one jar per person per day. Which may sound like a lot. Because I don't know if I'd get through a whole jar of mustard in a day. <laughs> but the French really like mustard. So my thoughts and prayers go out to France right now in these trying times. Um, but it is another reminder to like all of us about the weird effects that climate change are going to have on us all. So, Well, that is interesting. And I actually learned mm. a lot more. Like you said, I've never thought about mustard production in my entire life. So, again, you've hit another winner for me of things that I would never have come across. Do you remember James referring to mustard? I, I made him try mustard, um, Dijon mustard, because he never had it before. And he just referred to it as spicy dirt, which... Oh my god, I love that. I don't remember him doing that. Nick, I do think a really good section or segment one of these days would be talking to a lot of the shortages um, going on in the world. Like, um, I know there's a tampon shortage happening in the States. Obviously, we had the um, milk, the baby formula. The baby formula. Shortage. Um, Just like, I think all that stuff in general, it all loops back to like things that people don't really understand each part of the way. So that could be a good, that could be a good section. Don't steal that idea of other people. It's ours. Other people? Anyway, there was some horrible news coming out of France. Do you have a good news story for us, Liz? I do. And I have an incredible, like an incredibly earnest and actually fucking wonderful good news story today. So a small cancer drug trial sees tumours disappear in 100% of its patients. This is amazing. So a small, like a quite a small drug trial is having just a huge, huge impact in the world of oncology right now. So after six months of an experimental treatment, um, tumors vanished in all the 14 patients who were diagnosed with an early stage rectal cancer and um, who completed this study. So essentially, all these 14 patients shared the same genetic instability in their rectal cancer and had not yet undergone treatment. Each of them were given nine doses of a relatively new drug designed to stop a specific cancer cell protein that, when it sort of pops up, can cause the immune system to withhold its cancer-fighting response. After six months, scans showed that the knotty discolored discolored tumours um, had instead revealed smooth pink tissue and no traces of cancer were detected in scans, biopsy, biopsy or physical exams. So this is huge because um, this was in all 14 patients that were in this trial. The results were so successful that none of the 14 patients who completed this trial needed the planned follow-up treatment of chemo, radiation or surgery and nor did they have any significant complications from the drug um, obviously, there's caveats to a trial like this. Like, it was a small sample size. It was only 14 people. While it was diverse in age, sort of testing uh, through race and ethnicity was quite small because it was such a small sample size. 
Um, and it is just for one type of abnormality in the rectal cancer, but it's still a huge deal that this drug for all 14 patients basically meant that they didn't need to get further treatment and it got rid of their cancer and, and like hats off to the fucking scientists, right? Doing these studies. Dude, I love science so much. I love science. I, I, I just, I can't do it myself, which is why I love it so much because I just, those it's like magic. It. it is magic. The other the other night, I thought about how wild it is that we, like, we had COVID nineteen pandemic hit, a COVID nineteen pandemic hit the world. We went into lockdown to give scientists time to try and like there was no nothing. There was nothing to do about it. We went into lockdown to basically buy scientists some time, and then then they literally made a vaccine out of nothing. They're pretty cool. They're pretty incredible. They they damn. I thought of a really good line to say while you were talking, but then I forgot it. Story of my life. Oh, anyway, they're they're incredible. This is an incredible story, and I just really hope that, um, you know, they keep testing, trying, and they find cures for all of the bad things. Absolutely. Do you have a comment of the week for me this week, Squish? Lisa, you know I don't. You were just telling me off. (laughs) I was just telling Nick off because I could see him typing while I was talking, and I was like, it really distracts me to see you typing when I'm trying to give you a Okay, no, I found one. I found one. I found one, I found one, I found one. On your post about Harry Styles has no business being this fucking adorable. Um, He's sitting there in his PJs. Um, The comment is, until I started following you, I had no feelings or thoughts about Harry Styles. Now, I also think he is adorable. You educate in so many ways. (laughs) I love that comment. I love that comment. I get emails all the time being like, I have no business liking Harry Styles, but because of your account, I just do now. I just love him. And I'm like, oh, we are doing good for the world. Your master plan is coming together. Yeah, literally. He better never go on hiatus. My comment of the week is on my, are you wrecking your brain or wrecking your brain with a W or without a W um, post? And it was just a few people commented, usually feels like I'm wrecking it, TBH. Like, because they're searching so hard to think of the thing. I don't know. That one obviously looks better in text than when I read it out. But Mm -hmm. um, anyway, squish. I think this has been such, well, such an improvement from last week. Oh, it was almost relaxing, wasn't it? Oh my God. It's been like a, it's a, been a bull podcast record. It's been 20% better <laughs> than, than our last peak. <laughs> the horns are going up. The horns are fucking going up, bruv. Now, where can people find you and find all the weird and cool and actually beautiful shit that you're posting on? This place that you reside that I'm going to let you tell. (laughs) Uh, You almost spoiled it for me, Liz. Um, (laughs) The Shit Show Instagram account. So, you know, you've probably already followed it if you haven't. Yay, you should be following it. Um, You should also come and become a Cisco supporter. It really helps Squish and I to be able to pay rent or it helps Nick to... Pay for campsites. around... (laughs) <laughs> pay for campsites uh, you should also read the daily newsletter it's where we give like the starting points for a lot of the shit we dive into on the podcast might even start including a few more of nick's great little segments that he does in here about finance and stuff because they're always wonderful we've got a really special episode of the shit show coming up next week for you all but i'm going to leave it at that and cliffhanger cliffhanger edging Oh, and no. <laughs> maybe don't. Sorry. <laughs>
Um, and I think with that, Squish, we might uh, leave it there. Yes, we shall. Good to talk to you, Luce. I'll catch you later. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.